You're listening to the Pastor to Pastor podcast brought to you by the 6-4 Fellowship, pastors committed to prayer and the ministry of the word. In today's episode, we'll be talking about managing the tension between waiting on God and working for God and what you can do about it today. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast with Daniel Henderson. I'm your host, Robert Naughton. Today, one pastor has written in and asked this, Daniel, God has chosen to work through his people as we're seeking his face in prayer and relying on his Holy Spirit for wisdom and power. How do we know when it's time to remain in prayer and when it's time to prayerfully take action? So Daniel, what have you learned to be the dynamic between waiting on the Lord and walking with the Lord? I love those two phrases, Robert, waiting on the Lord and walking with the Lord. And and I guess one of the things I would say in response to this question instinctively is that they are not sequential, they're concurrent. And I know the pastor wants to know, how do you find a balance between extraordinary seasons of just waiting on God versus doing what you know God's called you to do and assuming that he is with you and blessing you as you go. And so I, I do think that First of all, it is a walk. It's daily. Uh, Walk in the Spirit clearly is a command of the Scripture, and that has to do with our day-to-day reality. And so a big part of this is, is not creating too much of a dichotomy between waiting on the Lord and walking with the Lord. Um, I, I love the, the kind of the background of the word wait. It's not the idea of sitting there with your fingers crossed waiting for something to happen. It, it's more the picture of a waiter at a restaurant who is actively attending to you, uh, knowing that you're going to give this waiter some orders. And so I, I think it's both and. I think there are some more intense times of just focusing on the Lord totally apart from activity. And then there are times when you are waiting on the Lord in the midst of the activity. Jesus is a great example of that, by the way. And I would say to that point, before you start a major endeavor in ministry, that is always a vital time to intentionally wait on the Lord apart from all the activity of uh, ministry. Uh, Again, we know Moses did that 40 days twice. Uh, We know Jesus did that 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, We know that Paul did that for many, many months on the backside of the desert. And so I've often thought if I was a a seminary professor, a king of the day, I could give direction to every seminary in the country, and I've said this often, I would require them to have every seminary graduate spend 40 days in solitude before they can graduate. Now you're saying, Henderson, that is crazy. Well, I don't know. Uh, That's the pattern I see in the Bible. Uh, If nothing else, you see the disciples waiting 10 days before Pentecost came. So, uh, you know, some of you say, well, I'm going to take the uh, the Cliff Notes version of that. I'll just do 10 days alone with the Lord, right? Uh, But the principle is that before you get into the activity of ministry, you must learn the principle of what it means to be quiet and still and to rest your soul and to develop those disciplines that allow you to be on full alert to the voice of the Lord. And I just think that's really, really essential, both personally and corporately. And so uh, I would say to you that on one hand, you have these extraordinary times that are vital. So uh, what we did when I was a pastor is that every year uh, we would have what we called a 40-day spiritual discovery. 
and I knew people couldn't quit their jobs and go, you know, live in a tent for 40 days. But collectively and communally, we created 40 days of personal study around a theme. We created extraordinary opportunities for people to pray together. We gave them prayer guides and our leadership team prayed together more extraordinarily so that at the end of that, we could then sense what does God want us to do next? So prior to our walking with the Lord into the next chapter, we did actually uh, slow down significantly to wait on the Lord. Early in my ministry, I did what I called vision by imitation. And we would go to some smart guy's conference and uh, we would see his new strategy, you know, or his baseball diamond, you know who I'm talking about there. Uh, or we would see, you know, some new uh, approach and all of them were good and helpful. Then, then we come home, we try to imitate their strategy in ministry. And we soon discovered you can't wear somebody else's ministry clothes. They never fit right. And then of course, commonly you go back to that same conference a year or two later and they've quit doing the great strategy that you were trying to imitate to start with. And so waiting on the Lord to receive his direction corporately, I think is vital. Uh, I eventually came up with a little slogan. We don't do vision by imitation. We do it by inspiration. And you do see that in the early church, both in Pentecost at the upper room leading to that wonderful day of spiritual movement. You see it again in Antioch in Acts 13, the second half of the book of Acts before the Lord launched the work of the gospel into all the world. What were they doing? They were fasting and ministering to the Lord. And so all that is to say there are extraordinary times to wait on the Lord. The models of Moses, the models of Jesus, the models of Paul, the models of the early church in the upper room, the models of the leaders in Antioch, and certainly the reality that we have got to slow down long enough, engage in spiritual disciplines that we know accelerate our ability to hear God's voice and to have spiritual insight into his word and to sense the leadership of the Holy Spirit, both personally and corporately before intense seasons of ministry. Let me add a personal note. Twice a year in my pastoral ministry, and Robert knows I need to work on this, and you're going to have to hold me accountable, but twice a year when I was a pastor, I went away for a minimum of two nights and three days in solitude and practiced the disciplines of solitude, silence, fasting, prayer, reading, uh, rest. And those were seasons that were always scheduled prior to a busy ministry schedule where I would just hear from the Lord, where I would have a sense of what I should preach on, when I would get my own soul fine-tuned again and in step uh, with some new disciplines with the Holy Spirit. So I think personally and corporately, there are those seasons. At the same time, there is this concurrent reality of walking with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Um, Robert knows we've just been having some conversations about uh, the idea of a five-year ministry plan, and I have quite a lot of misgivings about that because uh, I don't think that's how the Lord necessarily leads the church. I think it's more of a corporate model. Uh, one friend of mine said, and I think wisely so, he says, vision is staying one step behind the Lord and one step ahead of the people. You know, that's, that's a, a, an ongoing process, isn't it? That this week, this day, this month, we want to stay one step behind the Lord. Yes, we have gone away. We have created a ministry plan. And yet within that ministry plan, we still need to hear from the Lord. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his, not his months, not his years, not his five-year ministry plans. The Lord directs his steps. And so I would say to you, that just like you want to have a rhythm of extraordinary seasons to wait on the Lord, we also have to have rhythms of daily sensitivities to the Spirit, weekly sensitivities to the Spirit. And that's why, by the way, leaders have to be praying leaders. 
You don't just go off and make a plan just because somebody had some model you want to imitate and then execute it with precision and excellence because you're such great managers. No, you go, you hear from the Lord as they did in Acts 13. And then what happened with Saul and Barnabas as they went out? Well, they were being, in some cases, prompted by the Spirit to go one direction. Later on, Paul and Silas. Uh, Paul is a great model of that. Did he hear from the Lord in an extraordinary way at Antioch? Absolutely. And then what did he do? He kept hearing from the Lord. He kept sensing the Spirit saying, don't go here, go here instead. He he kept sensing the Spirit propelling him and compelling him to go a certain direction. Uh, In the moment, he he sensed the Spirit telling him to say something or believing that God was going to do something miraculous to to obviate and demonstrate the gospel. So it's not either or, it's both and. I hope that helps you, that we wait on the Lord and we walk with the Lord. We do it obviously day to day, and then we also have those extraordinary times of waiting on the Lord so that we can walk in the Lord's direction. But as we are in that direction, I think of the Old Testament phrase, I being in the way, the Lord led me. And so I think the Lord does give us the way in which we should go, but he also leads us a day at a time. And I don't think it's a science. I think it's an art. It's more of a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, but I think it is a both and. And I hope this will help you as you shape a sense of the Spirit's direction for your church over the next few months, over the next year, but also being sensitive to what that direction means in the moment as you lead God's people. Well, thank you, Daniel. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe to receive these on iTunes or at our website, 64fellowship.com. There you can also explore many other great resources on how to excel in prayer and the ministry of God's Word. You can also find out about our pastoral coaching opportunities with Daniel Henderson. If you have a question you'd like us to address, please email that to us at info at 64fellowship.com. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.